Hello guys, what's up? Welcome back to the show. This is episode two of Rising Tide. Thank you for listening. If this is the first time you're listening, Rising Tide is a podcast dedicated to the arts, cinema, leisure, sports, and everything amazing in this world. We talk about it. It is a society and culture podcast. So thank you guys for pressing play. And today we have a pretty awesome episode. We're going to be talking cinema. I've got the top five most manly movies of all time. And these are movies from my own personal collection, uh, movies that I chose that I felt like represent masculinity in a positive light. Um, I'm not talking about like these are manly movies like oh it's it's about a bunch of guys killing each other and and beating up each other and there's no great morals themes or motfits to take away these are actually hopefully movies that most of you guys have not heard of that's definitely an important part of this show is kind of bringing to light great pieces of art sports cinema music, things of that sort that people may not have heard of. So we definitely um, love things that are a little less mainstream on this show. And so these are five movies that, first of all, in my opinion, I think they're phenomenal um, cinematic masterpieces, if you ask me. And hopefully after listening to this episode, you guys will feel inclined to to watch some of these. And and hopefully, really, I hope you guys are, are moved by these movies. I hope, you know, these are movies that that can change your lives, possibly. Honestly, you know, people can draw a lot of inspiration from movies. Uh, movies are a great medium of expression. I think one of the best. I think everybody can agree on that. Everybody loves movies and they can make you feel a type of way. So so these are five movies, I think, even whether you're man or woman, they can make you feel a type of way. And they have great lessons, great themes in them. So with that said, let's get started. The top five most manly movies of all time. We're going to start with number five and we're going to work our way up to number one. So number five is Master and Commander, directed by Peter War. 2003 is the year it came out. It's available for rent on Amazon Prime. And this movie, in my opinion, is one of the greatest military movies I've seen. Um, it's probably the best Navy movie ever made, I think. It takes place in during the Napoleonic era, so the 1800s. Um, when basically Napoleon was conquering the world and they were in battle against the English, their biggest rivals. And you have Jack Aubrey, who's played by Russell Crowe. He's the captain of a frigate and he is tasked with tracking down and capturing a highly armed French frigate and they are completely outmatched. So it has a great story, and the whole story takes place at sea. 
I mean, this movie is so manly that there's not even a single female in the entire movie. Uh, and, and I think that's one of like the only movies I can say that about. Um, and like I said, it takes the entire movie takes place at sea. And it's it's this this group of guys who are in the, the British Royal Navy led by Jack Aubrey. And it's this kind of against all odds story of how this captain is able to lead his men through the toughest times by never giving up. Um, he basically is is at times alone in this battle because his whole crew just wants to turn around because they feel like they there's no chance to catch this French frigate. Um, and they, they feel completely outmatched. And he, he stands in his integrity and he doesn't give up and he continues to lead these men through treacherous conditions. And that's the main plot line of the movie. I don't want to give it all away. Um, that's just kind of it in a nutshell. But it has amazing cinematography. Um, it actually won Best Cinematography and Best Sound Editing that year. Um, which I believe that year was also a year that Lord of the Rings was nominated for a bunch of awards too. So there's a lot of competition that year. Um, as well as it's it really does a great job of putting you into that time period. If you like that kind of post-colonial 1800s um, naval warfare, that was, historically speaking... That is the time in history where navies were pretty much brand new to the world. And it was kind of uh, an arms race to see who can have the most ships, who can build the best navy. And that was something that the British really succeeded at, as well as the French and, and the Spanish. So it does a great job of being historically accurate and capturing all those little details and and all those little oddities i guess you can say and, and mannerisms that took place in that era um and there's some pretty deep scenes i would say it's a pretty serious movie i remember there is one scene where a man goes overboard and they it's pretty rough seas and they try to throw a rope over to him and the ship is is really struggling to even stay afloat. And it's either, you know, do you turn around and, and get this man who went overboard or do you leave him? And it's a pretty deep scene. It's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. And they're just yelling at this guy to swim, keep on swimming, keep on swimming. Um, and as as Captain Aubrey watches, he has to make the tough choice to keep the boat moving. And you just see this 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 guy disappear into the oceans during the storm. And that was the reality of that time. And that was the reality of those conditions. And it, it really does a great job of capturing that in, in, in that moment and in that scene. So that's number five, master and commander. I hope you guys will check that one out. That one actually is a pretty fairly known popular movie, probably one of the more mainstream movies on this list definitely worth a watch number five master and commander next number four 
and this is a much older movie this movie came out in 1954 and i'm just gonna give you a fair warning that if you are not super super duper into movies if you if you don't like black and white movies if you don't like foreign films you might not find this entertaining but the reason why I put this on is because it is directed by one of the most influential directors of all time. And I'm talking about Akira Kurosawa, who's a Japanese director who just was highly involved in all aspects of his film production, not just direct, uh, not just directing and, and writing and, and things of that sort. But he has high attention to detail that you see throughout the movie and in the settings and, and in the various scenes and just the way the story is written. So the name of the movie is Seven Samurai. That's number four, the, the number four most manly movies of all time. Just a beautiful movie with a beautiful story and probably one of the most influential storylines that in, in, in cinematic history, arguably. And... And that's because this some of the themes in this movie were a major influence on movies like Star Wars. On, on a ton of movies, they kind of used the template of Seven Samurai and adapted it into various um, aspects of, of new films that we see today. And so this movie, Seven Samurai, kind of created the, that template. And what that template is and what this movie is about, it's it's about a a band, a motley crew of samurai who are asked to protect this poor farming village from bandits that are are planning to raid the village and basically pillage and rape and murder all these people and take all their food and and completely leave them barren. So what happens is is one of the farmers hears of this and they decide that they need to find protection and down by a, a river or down by a, a small stream they see a samurai and he's kind of a samurai that has been battle tested and I guess you can say is on the tail end of his career and they ask him like hey can you help us and and he agrees and he decides to recruit other samurai and that's kind of what the first half of the movie is he builds this group of samurai and 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 they all kind of bring something different to the table and they prepare and plan to protect this poor farming village from this this foreseen uh, big bandit attack and so that storyline of kind of these warriors protecting a smaller farmer village is something that has been um, repeated throughout Hollywood through decades, uh, which is which is interesting. It's, so it has a very original storyline and template. And just I, I like this movie. It's manly not only because is it a bunch of samurai um, who who carry themselves with honor and and a kind of a sense of purpose but it it's it's manly in the sense that they really decide to 
to even even though they don't have the means to really be helping this village they decide to go out of their way they decide to take the hard road and really for for no money for for no pay they get paid by food they decide to serve so it kind of has a, a bit of like a servant leadership theme behind it that's very interesting and it's it's just the 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 way these samurai carry themselves throughout the movie i think is is very interesting so that's seven samurai by akira kurosawa it came out in 1954 and you can watch it on hbo max or max as it's just called now number three and this movie is honestly these next three are probably some of my top three favorite movies of all time. Number three is the most recent movie on this list. It came out in 2022. It was directed by Robert Eagers. And if you don't know who that is, he did The Lighthouse with William Defoe and Robert Pattinson. And he did The Witch with, uh, with Anya Taylor-Joy, both which are really nicely done. Uh, black and white films and he is a kind of like this visionary director so he's very much about cinematography and and he has very like interesting you know almost like mind-bending stories in his movies but this movie came to be because Alex Skarsgård wanted to make a Viking film and Norse mythology film and that is how number three, Northman, came to be. So Northman is just an awesome movie. Um, it is about a young Norse prince who's about to inherit his father's kingdom. And that's kind of cut short by a whole um, array of unfortunate events. And this young boy escapes and just grows to be a, a behemoth of a man. And just his whole life is just focused on, on receiving his kingdom. And it shows a lot of determination, a lot of overcoming, and just a lot of the, the pure manpower it takes to to kind of succeed in, in, in life. And it's it's inspiring. Um, and I think the, the main thing, the main moral in the end that you kind of learn is that there's no sweetness in revenge and, and the, the whole movie kind of goes full circle and there's a lot of great twists and turns, but it's definitely, um, interesting to watch Alex Skarsgård who stars as, as the main, the main character and, you see a progression, a character progression of a, of a prince, of a boy to manhood. And it just definitely has a very masculine vibe, um, very Viking hoorah type movie. And it's entertaining too, visually stunning. Like I said, Robert Eagers is great with that. And I would definitely give it a watch. If, if you maybe are just trying to get into movies and, and you have a hard time um, you know, paying attention or you really need something to capture your attention to be involved, 
then I would recommend out of all the movies on this list, you watch Northman because it's very riveting and very exciting. Whereas Seven Samurai, you really have to sit down and be involved in that because that's about the story. But this movie is is definitely something that you can watch scene to scene and it will keep your attention. It, it has um, great special effects. It also has William Dafoe, who I think is one of the most underrated actors of all time. And it has a great cast as well as Anya Taylor-Joy, who seems to be a recurring character in, in Robert Eager's movies. So definitely check out Northman number three. And that is on Amazon Prime for free. So now we're in the final two. Number two, I have to say, I, I ranked this as number two, but for real, this might be my favorite movie of all time. This is just such a beautiful well-made masterpiece it's like i cannot every every time i recommend a movie to somebody i recommend this movie to them because it's so well written it's so original um it's the the cinematography is amazing um it's the storyline is just impeccable and the acting and and the casting is just perfect so number two most manly movie of all time is called embrace of the serpent it came out in 2015 and it's directed by chido guerra who i believe is a colombian director and it is a south american film i think it's either mexican or south american but the the movie is spoken in a foreign language and it has subtitles um, and the the foreign language is some kind of Amazonian native tongue that, that sounds a little bit like Spanish. Um, and that's because this movie is about a it's based off of a German ethnologist who actually existed. His name was Theodore Koch Grunberg. And what he did was he went to the Amazon rainforest and studied different um, ethnic groups and ethnicities. And, and this story is, is about that character, except his name is Theodore von Martis. And he is an, ethno an, an ethnologist who is extremely sick, traveling, studying the Amazon culture, and he enters the rainforest and he's looking for a plant similar to ayahuasca that in this movie they refer to as yacruna. Yacruna, I think is how you call it, yacruna. And um, so he's sick. He travels to the rainforest. He's looking for this plant and he runs into this Amazonian warrior slash shaman by the name of Karakamate, which whose whose name means mover of the world. And Karakamate is just a a solid, confident Amazonian tribesman who lives in the Amazon rainforest by himself and is the last of his kind. 
And that adds a very interesting touch to this movie. And then you have Theodore von Martis, who comes from the total opposite end of the spectrum, who's a very well-educated, very well-learned man from Germany. Um, and this takes place in, I think, around the 1800s, maybe early 1900s, to, to kind of put it in perspective. But Theodore von Martis and Karakamate are from two totally different worlds. And that's where this movie gets its title. So Theodore von Martis represents this kind of Western white culture that really has to make everything civilized. And so he represents, or, or rather that, that Western culture represents the serpent kind of wrapping itself around the Amazon rainforest as they, they, they bring religion and civilization into the Amazon rainforest and, and also um, strip it of its resources, which Karakamate is completely opposed to and actually throughout the movie expresses his hatred, his hatred towards white people. And, and he expresses that to Theodore von Martis. And that's a big, interesting dynamic to this film as he agrees to help von martis and and help him find this yakuna help him find this ayahuasca and help heal him and it's it's a it's a long movie it's the movie is just an adventure and one of my favorite scenes in this movie is when karakamate brings him to a neighboring tribe and von martis who is sick and sleeping is approached by Karakamate, who's actually about to to blow pure cocaine up his nose as a form of, of medicine because that's one of the interesting parts of Karakamate is he actually knows how to solely live off the land and understands every single plant and medicine that the Amazon rainforest provides. So as he walks over to to blow this cocaine up or or cake Kekau, I guess I should call it, up Theodore von Martis's nose. Von Martis pauses for a second and he looks at him and he just says, who are you? And he says, how, how are you able to survive out here on your own? And it's such a powerful scene because it really does put it in perspective and, and it puts the world where Theodore von Martis comes from in perspective as well of just how amazing it is that Karakamate lives in this jungle by himself and survives by himself and how difficult that is. And you see throughout the movie the, the, the difference in, in cultures and attitude. And one really positive moral and, and great dialogue that comes from this movie is Karakamate explaining his kind of this rite of passage to manhood and he states something along the lines of uh, a man must completely lose himself, lose everything and go out into the jungle by himself. And that it's only then will he find out what he is truly made of. So it's a remarkable movie, just re a lot of remarkable lessons. And out of all the movies on this list, I would highly recommend that one to watch. So. That one is on Tubi, 
and it is for free. Now, finally, number one, and this is just, just a behemoth of a movie. This movie is like just the most manly, masculine, um, just will will make you want to go out and just lift some weights and, and, and whatever you want, eat some steak or something like that. That's, that is what this movie will do to you. Um, this movie is one of my favorite genres. It's a sword and sorcery movie, which if you're a huge nerd and you like Dungeons and Dragons, then this is a much a must watch because I love sword and sorcery. And this movie came out in 1982. It is called Conan the Barbarian with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And this is a movie that put Arnold Schwarzenegger on the map. It's one of his very first movies directed by John Millis. It's currently on Netflix right now. And this movie is just, I don't even know where to start. So I'm just going to read you guys the opening dialogue. And it's narrated by a wizard who who tells the story of Conan the Barbarian. And, and he starts with, Between the time when the oceans drank Atlantis and the rise of the sons of Arius, there was an age undreamed of. And onto this, Conan, destined to wear the jeweled crown of Aquilonia upon a troubled brow, it is I, his chronicler, his chronicler, who alone can tell thee of his saga. Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. I mean, I love it. That kind of says it all. Right there, you start a movie like that, bingo, that's the most manly movie of all time. Um... This movie, I, I definitely mean, mean that one and mean this in a little bit more lighthearted of a way as this movie is just very entertaining. Um, it's a one-of-a-kind movie. There's not a whole lot of sword and saucer movies out there, and I think this is one of the best ones ever. It has pretty much stood the test of time, 1982. And the, the reason why I feel like this is a manly movie because first of all, not only do you have Arnold Schwarzenegger after he had basically won Mr. Olympia consecutive years and was a professional bodybuilder and just looks absolutely ripped. Um, you just, it's, I don't, I don't know how to really explain it, but it's, you just, a part of the movie, I'm not going to lie, it's just a bunch of guys like hitting each other over the head with heavy metal implements, <laughs> but there are positive morals in the movie as well I'll talk about, but it really shows like the the character progression of Conan the Barbarian. It's just so manly as this, this little boy was stripped from his village as a kid and just put to work and, and worked and slaved away for years and grows to be this big beastly guy who is then trained to be an elite warrior. And it's, it's the whole movie is an adventure man and it's super fun to watch and low-key i think this this might be a pretty good date night movie as funny as it sounds and here's why because there is a really strong female role in this movie as well and that's basically to make a long story short it's when arnold schwarzenegger conan the barbarian is is 
going on like a mission and he he runs into a female a female warrior by the name of valeria and they they both coincide on the same mission and the movie turns into a romance and so you have a very romantic part of this movie with with conan the barbarian and valeria to a a warrior woman and a, a warrior man and and they fall in love and and become wealthy together and you know it's I'm I'm not going to give it all away but you know if 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 you're into the, that kind of sword and sorcery your your girlfriend might like this so low, low key this could be a date night movie and like I said you know some of there are some positive morals in this movie not as much as I would say Embrace of the Serpent or Seven Samurai Master and Commander. But one, one, I think, interesting part is when Conan and Valeria are asked to redeem a kidnapped princess from the hands of the villain named Thulsa Doom. And so basically there is this king who tracks down Conan and and Valeria and he brings them into his castle and he just starts throwing jewels and diamonds at them. And he, he says a great line I'll never forget where he mentions there comes a time when the, the jewels cease to sparkle and the throne basically doesn't feel good to sit on anymore. And all that's left in the world is, uh, father's love for his child and so he asked them you know can you go and get my daughter back from this evil villain and they're they're enthralled they're like okay you know what we just got even more wealthy we have all these jewels and, and diamonds uh, but they are tasked with the mission to basically um, kidnap a princess from the most prominent villain in the land and so Conan is kind of up all night, like debating, you know, like what to do. It's, it's a serious mission. And his, his lover Valeria tells him like, you know what, let's just, let's just take all these diamonds, all the jewels and rubies that this guy gave us and let's just run and we will be set for life. And, and I love Conan because He's a man of few words, and that's what I can really appreciate in, in this movie. And, and his manliness is 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 just seen through his actions. And he doesn't say anything. He just kind of gets a look on his face. And she wakes up the next morning, and he's gone. And she knows that he stuck to his word. And he decided that he was going to help this king. And, and he saw the pain in the king's eyes, and he goes to get the princess back for him and of course she follows and 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 she helps him and and the whole movie is just beautiful and it's a long movie it's an adventure and it it has a great ending to it as well so i would highly recommend checking that one out like i said it right now it's on netflix and i I hope you guys enjoy any one of these movies whichever one you guys decided decide to watch watch all five uh if you're staying home for the weekend if you're staying in your girlfriend just broke up with you and you need a movie to get over the breakup 
you're having a date night, you're whatever you're doing, just I would recommend checking out these movies, whether you're a movie person or not. I think there's something in here that you might find intriguing. So it was a pleasure talking with you guys. I'm so happy I got to introduce these movies to you guys. Um, please stay tuned because I will be making more episodes like this. I have a couple interesting episodes planned ahead. And just you guys have a good one. Stay safe out there. Stay positive. Think positive and do positive. Thank you guys. Take care.